0: Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him Radio program. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and today we're going to talk about the meaning of another number. This number is going to be the number 666. Um, Before we begin, I wanted to tell you that by the end of this last week, I had been working on this episode for two weeks, and the attacks of the enemy ramped up hard on me. I mean, like, really, really intense attacks one after another. I don't know what it is about what I'm about to share with you that he did not like, but he did let me know he is upset through the attacks. I'm assuming that's what that's for because there wasn't anything else going on. Okay, I asked a friend for a suggestion on which number I should study next and was told 666. And so I thought, okay, we all recognize that number, so let's see. I had (laughs) no idea what I was getting into with this number because it turned out to be a lot more complicated than I expected. One thing I've never researched very many numbers at all anyway, but this is a three digit number and I wasn't even sure how to approach it. And I've seen a lot of stuff where other people say, oh, well, 10 is, you know, four plus six or whatever. And so you count that. No, I don't think you do because it could also be three plus seven or it could be two plus eight. I think that's a, I think that's a cut-and-paste method of studying. You're making it mean what you want it to mean, and I'm not going to do that. So I've seen a lot of that going on, though, when people are talking about numbers. Oh, well, this is—yeah. Okay, so I'm not doing that. Okay, um, I never really studied biblical numbers before, and the way I decided up front I would do it was I would go to the Word of God, which is the only sure truth that we have on the earth, right? And I figured the meanings had to be in there somewhere. So I decided to look at scriptures that were numbered, those numbers, or contained the number I was attempting to define, and to look for patterns and trends within what those scriptures were saying. And I determined up front that the meanings of the numbers had to be reflected in the scriptures either directly or by, repeated impl- by being implied repeatedly. So I looked at worldly number meanings just to see what the world says they mean, but not to use, but I wanted a contrast. I wanted to be able to tell you those. In almost every single case so far, the meaning is very different than what I'm seeing reflected in Scripture. Up front, I will tell you that numbers can have more than one meaning. Either way, the method I used can be used by anyone, so you can do a study of any number you want to know the meaning of and see what it reveals to you. On 666, a lot of people would just say, well, 6 means this, and we know that that number is associated with the Antichrist in Scripture. But I just, I don't know, I just felt like it has more to tell us if we're willing to dig into the Scriptures. So I broke it down and got out my shovel. Okay, so I started with 600. And I did find an interesting tidbit, by the way, about the number 600. And this is from I think it's pronounced bias or by just byjus.com. The Roman numerals for 600 are DC. D represents 500 and C represents 100 and DC represents the number 600. And of course that made me think of Washington DC our capital. Okay. Genesis 7:11 in the 600th year of Noah's life in the second month, the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. Okay, in Genesis 7 11, what are we seeing? Noah and his family are right at the beginning of a new season of very great change, caused by men getting into idolatry over following what their flesh wanted. And I say idolatry because Noah was the only one found righteous in God's eyes, according to Genesis 7-1. And all sin is idolatry at its root. Anytime you sin, you are idolizing some substance, some behavior, some pleasure, some place, some person, some something over God. Okay, Exodus 14, verses 7 and 8. And he took 600 chosen chariots and all the chariots of Egypt and captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he pursued after the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with a high hand. Okay, what is Exodus 14, 7 and 8 showing us? Pharaoh and all the children of Israel are facing a battle. At the beginning of a new season of very great change, brought on by someone getting into idolatry, following what their flesh wanted, Pharaoh wanted his slaves back regardless of what God wanted. Pharaoh idolized himself and his own way. Judges three thirty one. And after him was Shamgar, the son of Anath, which slew of the Philistines 600 men with an ox goad, and he also delivered Israel. More battle. That's what it's showing us. More battle. 1 Kings 10, 16, and 29. And King Solomon made 200 targets of beaten gold, 600 shekels of gold, went to one target, and a chariot came up and went out of Egypt for six hundred shekels of silver and a horse for a hundred and fifty and So, for all the kings of the Hittites and for the kings of Syria, did they bring them out by their means, preparing for battle. You'll start to see the trends first Samuel seventeen seven and the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed six hundred shekels of iron, and one bearing a shield went before him idolatry test, y'all, battle looming, and a new season of great change, whichever way it went. Because you remember what Goliath said? He said, if you beat me, we'll be your servants, and if I beat you, you'll be ours. Okay, so it was going to be a season of change either way, right? Here was a test for all the people of God. Will you bow down to this big bully out of fear and worship him through your fearfulness, or will you worship God? Fear is having reverence for the enemy's power. It is believing his lies that something bad is going to happen to you. Can I just tell you that? That is why the fearful have their place in the lake of fire. This scripture scares me really bad every time I read it. Revelation 21, 8, this is just a side note. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters... And all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This word fearful is translated from the Greek word dilos. And it means fearful or timid. So it's the opposite of strong and courageous, which is what God has told us to be. And its description includes faithless and dread. It is the same word used in, I believe this is Matthew 8, 26. I lost part of my... Reference And he saith unto them, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And I said that to say here, knowing what is coming in the future, but not knowing when, can get you into a state of faithless dread, if you focus on it, okay? I think that it is very clear the Lord wants us to be aware, but not scared. So y'all remember that, oh, I'm aware, but I'm not scared. Remember, he always has a plan up his sleeve to care for his children. So, researching the number 600, I see a lot of battles and strife, often at the beginning of a new season of great change or very great change, and often due to some type of idolatry or sin. Okay, so as we looked at the meanings of the scriptures that included 600, we see a lot of battles. Uh, and we see strife, and we see a lot of times it's the beginning of a new season of great change or even very great change and often had something to do with some type of idolatry. So now let's look at the number 60. At first I was going to do 600, then 60, then 6, but I want to mention something I found about 60 here because it's too good to leave out. There were not as many references to the number 60 as some of the other numbers, but there is this one in Daniel chapter 3 in the story of the fiery furnace. The golden idol that King Nebuchadnezzar had constructed was 60 cubits high. That is worth noting. That and that verse 6 of that same chapter reads, And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fire. Let me read that again. That and that verse 6 of that same chapter reads, And whoso falleth not down, and worshipeth, shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. So here we have the idolatry factor and the season of change, but no battle. Duly noted and moving on. Okay, the number 6. Since 666 is made of all sixes, we will look briefly at the number 6 before Moving on. Regular worldly numerology, which is not the kind we're doing here, claims that six represents love, compassion, and nurturing. In Chinese numerology, the number six is said to mean good fortune and happiness. Numerology.com says six means partnerships, especially emotional ones. Numeroscope says six is self-denial, bordering on self-sacrifice. And, of course, we can't leave out the angel numbers. The angel number six is supposed to mean significance, interpretation, and guidance. Those could not be more different. Astro Yogi says number six is a symbol of perfect union and soulful integration, the epitome of a feminine number. This one's interesting. In Japanese numerology, According to WanderingTanuki.com, six's pronunciation as a counting number is "matsu," which sounds like their word for nothingness. Gate numbers for airports, stadiums, and railway platforms avoid the number 6 for this reason. Man was created on the sixth day. In 1 Samuel 17, chap- chapter 17, verses 4 through 7, Goliath was six cubits high. In reading from Luke 1.26, and in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Gabriel's announcement in Mary's pregnancy brought great change, followed by strife between Christians and non-Christians, and much death, the slaughter of the innocents that was ordered by King Herod. Since we are instructed to work for six days, then rest, I also believe six means a season of rest is coming because remember God created the world in six days and then he rested. Let me explain the method I'm using to determine a number's meaning from Scripture. Like for the number six, I would go to verse six in all the chapter ones in the word, but you could also go to verse six no matter what chapter they were in if you wanted to. And I read all the scriptures and looked for trends. A lot of scriptures describing the same type thing or showing the same kind of progression happening. And I like to find at least three that match up for a meaning. I don't like to take a meaning and say, oh, you know, the number five means this, if I only saw one scripture. That doesn't necessarily mean that if it's only one. Because remember, God always gives us witnesses, usually two witnesses. Obviously, I'm not reading you every scripture I looked at, for these podcasts because we would never get done. I'm only reading you the most important ones, the most relevant. I also researched the number 66. Now, this one's kind of cool. Ezekiel 6, verse 6. In all your dwelling places, the cities shall be laid waste, and the high places shall be desolate, that your altars may be laid waste and made desolate, and your idols may be broken and cease, and your images may be cut down, and your works may be abolished. So here we see great change, idolatry, strife, and death. By the way, there are 66 books in the Bible. Now I want to share with you something very interesting I saw in the number 66. This was a totally new revelation to me, and I really like this one. These particular scriptures I'm about to read to you are all in the New Testament. They add meaning to 666 and also have a separate meaning altogether for 66. Matthew 6, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Okay, so what do we see here? We see people praying, doing something with their hands, figuratively speaking. Luke 6, verse 6, and it came to pass also on another another Sabbath that he entered into the synagogue and taught, and there was a man whose right hand was withered. Now, four verses later, Jesus miraculously healed this man with the withered hand. What do we see here? We see Jesus is praying, and he's doing something with his hands. He's laying hands on this man, and a miracle happens, okay? Acts 6, verse 6. Whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. Two verses later, Stephen is doing miracles. So what do we see? We see... The apostles praying and doing something with their hands. And miracles follow two verses later. See the pattern? So here are three verses that are all chapter 6, verse 6, so the number 66, that all talk about doing something with the hands, praying or laying hands or hands being prayed for, and miracles are happening. Now listen to these. John 6, verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. This verse is showing us the beginning of a new season of great change. Okay? Psalm 66, verse 6. Now, these are in the 666. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He makes a way where there is no way. That's what we see in that verse. So, clearly... Clearly, one of the meanings for 66 is pray and you'll see a miracle. So the number 66 is related to miracles and doing something with the hands. 666, I believe, is a flashing neon sign that you're about to face a test where you must choose between your flesh and your spirit, possibly an idolatry test. And you must make the correct choice by choosing to do what is right for your spirit, crucifying your flesh a little or a lot each time you choose. This is how we overcome the flesh and overcome sin. As our human and physical desires, we have to crucify them one at a time by not giving in to them. Like a disobedient child, we tell them, no, you cannot have that. You can't. There are only a few 666 verses in the Bible. Let me read you three of them. John 6, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. This is where they're showing us the beginning of a new season of great change. Psalm 66, 6, he turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. What do we see or hear? We see him doing a huge miracle. God performed a huge miracle. He made a way where there was no way. Isaiah 66, verse 6, A voice of noise from the city, a voice from the temple, a voice of the Lord that rendereth recompense to his enemies. God will recompense his enemies, y'all. I was not trying to make this number come out to mean what we all associate it with from Revelation chapter 13. Numbers can have more than one meaning. I wanted to see where the study of scriptures took me. Overall, here are the trends I see running through the verses I looked at with 6, 66, 600, and 666. Sixes are connected to the flesh or man, whose flesh always has a tendency towards idolatry. That's in every one of us. It's in your DNA. You have to fight it to overcome it. The pattern I kept seeing again and again in the verses I looked at overall was change, battle or strife, and much death, and miracles in hands. Now, let's go back to our scriptures in Revelation 13 and compare our result. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast, which is idolatry, whose deadly wound was healed. And he doeth great wonders. There's the miracles so that he maketh fire come down, from, to come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. There's the hands. Final result. 666, I think, means you're about to face an idolatry test. It will have something to do with hands and miracles. And it marks the beginning of a season of very great change. Pray and you will see a miracle because we serve the God That makes a way where there is no way. A season of rest is coming for you. And remember, God will recompense his enemies. I hope you enjoyed this number study. You can do these studies yourself. If you begin seeing the same number over and over again, get out your Bible. And starting in Genesis, read every verse that matches your number and see what it shows you. See what it tells you. Better yet, write them down. I used blueletterbible.org to pull mine up. 666 was a very surprising one for me, knowing what we all associate it with. Thanks for listening. Jesus bless you. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc. P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522. Or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you heard... The 2016 and 2017 messages have been published in book form. Even those who do not profess a belief in God can see something is amiss in the world around us. What is coming for our world in these last days? What does the Lord want us doing while we're waiting for His glorious reappearance? Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night each contain approximately 200 prophetic messages and visions from the throne room of God telling what is coming to America and the world in these end times. The Lord has always warned nations when they were headed for destruction. He has always warned His own people. Are we also being warned? Get your copy of Time of Reckoning and Soon It Will Be Night, available now on Amazon.com. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are a time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, There are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual road map through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. If you ask anyone you know what the most difficult experience of their life has been, many will answer about a time of betrayal. All those called to walk the narrow path will, at some point, encounter Judas. How will you respond? Do you know how to recognize Judas when he shows up in your life? Can you keep Judas from bringing destruction to your life and ministry? How can you minimize what Judas cost you? Can you pass the test of absolute betrayal? Get your copy of the Judas Test, available in print and new audiobook The Judas Test by Glenda Lomax available now on Amazon.com. Sold out for thirty pieces of silver. In Exodus twenty one, thirty two, it is the price of a dead slave. In Leviticus twenty seven, two through seven, it is the price of a live one. Jesus was sold for the price of a bond servant. Precious Jesus, the Son of God, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, why did Judas sell his friend out so cheap?